You're listening to This Life Explains It All. With the creators of Vera, your guide for navigating a conscious life. We're Stefania Romeo and Catherine Griffiths. This Life Explains It All was created out of belief that our life experience is our greatest teacher. And as soul sisters and intuitives, we've spent the past decade completely obsessed with better understanding our minds and our bodies, all while running a mile a minute with busy careers as leaders in the tech startup world. On this podcast, we are bringing you the insights and lessons that have changed our lives with the thought leaders, healers, and dreamers behind them. We're discussing wellness practices, healing methods, and experiences that get us to think differently about life and live empowered. Whether you want to uplevel your health, your career, your relationship, or are going through changes to your life path, this information can help you get there and let you know that we're right here with you. We believe life isn't meant to be lived linear, and no matter where you are right now, you're right on time. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review or share it with a friend and hit subscribe so you never miss a show. All right. Hello, Stefania. Where are we right now? We are in your home in Sydney, Australia. It's crazy. You came all the way over here to visit. You really had to live at the farthest place possible, didn't you? Yeah, you know, when opportunities arise, you got to go for them, even if they're on the other side of the world. That's true. Really built up a nice little life for yourself over here. Really? You think so? Yeah. It's like, it's crazy. You have a whole life and a husband and friends. That is true. Like have nothing to do with your last life, you know? Yeah. That is actually hard sometimes. Mm. Not hard, but like people know you as a certain way, but then these people know me as a certain way because I'm different. Do you think you like reinvented yourself intentionally or it just happened? I think it just happened where I, well, because I became obsessed when I moved over here, I was alone a lot Mm -hmm. and I was scared and I didn't have any, a lot of friends and I had a lot of reflection time. So in that time I sought out a lot of healers and just anything that would make me feel less alone, I guess, Mm -hmm. like doing journaling and meditation. And I really became a different person through that. Yeah. So I think sometimes when I like go back home, it's almost like I'm living two different lives. Yeah. And I don't know what to do about that. I get that. Yeah. I even feel that way a little bit with friends that I haven't seen in a long time. Mm -hmm. Even close friends. Yeah. And I'm like, Yeah, it's just like you grow and you're like in different places in life than you were the last time you saw them. And you just think about it more because when you see someone every day or when you, you know, have the same routine every day, you don't notice changes. Mm -hmm. But then when there's time in between, you notice. Yeah, definitely. It's that's something that I absolutely notice. And it's kind of uncomfortable. Like, I feel like I'm like, am I a different person depending on who I'm spending time? Am I like a social chameleon? Yeah, because I do have a tendency to do that when I'm aware of it and I'm working on it (laughs) along with the other laundry list of things. (laughs) But I feel like it's just, I don't know. I don't want anyone to go away out of my life, but I just feel like, I guess it's like an identity thing. Yeah. Because when I was there during that time, I had a certain identity, like whether it was like being party or staying out. And here, I'm not really like that. Like I'll have a few drinks here and there, but then there's certain people like people in the past that expect me to still be the other person yeah. I was. So yeah, well, I think it's also like stage of life. Yeah, too. yeah. Yeah. But it's also interesting because I feel like depending on the person's perspective, you could be one person versus another. So like, 
I always think about like with my family, for example, or even some friends, like I think about this with like some coworkers that I used to work with, especially some coworkers from my time at Uber in California, particularly that have said to me and look at me as, oh my God, you're such a free spirit. You're so light. You know, you are kind of the adjectives that go with the free spirit. But then I also have people in my life, probably more like you, (laughs) who do not think of me that way and think of me as more of, you know, your typical Capricorn, Virgo, planning centric type of person. So I always think about that. That's a really good point. Well, I think it's also like some people, certain people bring out certain qualities or some people you just feel 100% yourself around. So, or you can be 100% yourself. Well, I think in my, like in what I'm thinking about, it's more like it's all relative. So it's what you're comparing yourself to. There's a huge spectrum. I am a free spirit compared to a lot of the people who have said that to me, Mm. but I'm not to those on the other side. So like, it's all relative, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, today we're talking about healers that have had a big impact on us. With this podcast, we are interviewing all types of people, but we are including healers in that. And we have some really, really cool conversations coming up. And we thought it could be interesting. And we had some suggestions too, to talk about our experiences with non-traditional healers. So let's get into it. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like I don't have a regular person, like a coach or a healer or a therapist, and I actually want one. I don't know what's going on. I usually have them in spurts, and then I feel like I learn what I need to learn, and then I kind of move on because I'm so obsessed with discovering all this kind of stuff. Like I'll read books. I did explore therapy in New York, but I just didn't have somebody that I really connected with. It was only until I moved here and I was dealing with a breakup that I kind of looked into alternative healing, which was hypnotherapy through Julia Rice, which you guys will hear about on the podcast. Yeah, it actually makes sense with what you were just saying, because probably if that had happened in New York, you were so distracted. Mm -hmm. And here you went through that and you were not distracted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because when I moved here, I had so much space. I didn't have friends yet. And it was kind of a freeing feeling where there were no expectations of me. I mean, I did have to go to work and do that. But in terms of friendships, I feel like in New York, like I would get screamed at if I wanted to go home after work instead of going out to dinner, going to a bar or something. Like It was like, what do you mean you're doing something different? But here I was like, well, what am I actually interested in? I remember people even asking me when I was going on dates, here in Australia, they'd be like, what are your hobbies? That would be one of the first questions, not what do you do for work? But anyway, there was so much open space, but I was also really alone. So I wanted to, well, until I started dating and then a whole plethora of problems came from that. And that's when I started (laughs) seeking out actual healers instead of hobbies. So that's where my journey started. Yeah. What about you? Well, you kind of had a similar thing moving to San Francisco. Yeah, definitely. When I moved to San Francisco, it was hard. I mean, I was excited to move there and I was excited for a new adventure and a new challenge. And I got there and I was like, wow, I really don't have any friends. And I have my partner there and that was great because I wasn't totally alone. 
but it was different for me to go from having a huge network of friends, a huge network of coworkers that I hung out with all the time to just not having that. And so because of that, and because I also had so much more time on my hands, I really started looking inward. And the first healer I went to see was someone named Tanya Corona, and she'll be on the podcast as well. She is who I think of as like my resident healer. She does energy healing, but I think what's really interesting about her is she also reads sort of ancestral ties and she can kind of see into where ancestral ties and lineage and even like some past life stuff, how that affects you in your life today. I remember going to her for the first time and one of the biggest things she shared with me was that my feminine energy was sort of out of whack. And that I think like it's talked about a lot now, like the divine feminine versus the divine masculine. They're both great. And and it's great if we can have both energies inside of us and have some balance, but that I was sort of like holding back on this and I'm releasing or kind of embracing my divine feminine energy, which you can think of as supporting people, being vulnerable, kind of putting yourself out there, care because of sort of ancestral stuff that it's hard to heal in therapy because you don't know about it. It's not in your conscious memory. And so I just remember feeling so light and so amazing after I left and and I've seen her since, but she sort of really, she opened my mind to this idea that like, there's way more than meets the eye. There's way more than your history. You're, you know, as we call like trauma, there are things that we don't see that impact us in terms of whether it be ancestral or whether it be energy that like we feel from other people in the world. So that was sort of the next thing. And then and then more recently, I guess earlier this year, I just kept feeling like I am being called to go to LA. I need to go to LA. I kept thinking I need to go to LA. Why am I thinking that I need to go to LA? Like I was just feeling pulled that I needed to go to LA. So organized a trip to LA. A couple other girlfriends came and coinciding with that trip, I kept coming across articles, interviews with Shaman Durek. And I had heard one interview from him a while back, but then he kept popping up everywhere along with this ping of like, go to LA. So I made an appointment with Shaman Durek and that was absolutely life-changing. And I've seen him, you know, sometimes since then. Yeah. I can talk about that a little bit if you're interested. I love Shaman Durek. I love all of his content, his way of thinking. Yeah. And you've told me some of it, but I just... One of the biggest things with him is like, he believes that, and I believe this too, that like, essentially like we create our own realities. We're not victims of anything. Our life isn't happening to us. Nothing is happening to us. We're experiencing life. And when we see challenges, that is essentially like a mirror for us for something to work through. Yeah, those damn mirrors. I know. So I think like that's just like a big shift in thinking. I remember going to him for the first time and he did sort of like a physical health diagnosis, which was super spot on, gave me treatment recommendation in terms of like easy things that I could do. And it it really, really was effective and helped me. Then he also like helped me understand sort of some family dynamics that I have that play out in my life today. And this idea that life doesn't really need to be that hard and isn't meant to be that hard. Yeah. Why do we as humans make it so hard? I don't understand. I mean, I do this myself. It's like we all make it so hard for ourselves, getting carried away in thoughts and then trying to deal with anxiety. And really, it's simple. 
Yeah. Well, one of the things that he said that I thought was really great was us humans, instead of taking the path of least resistance and kind of going in flow in our lives and following just like what makes us happy, we take the path of most resistance because we feel like then we have achieved something. We've worked hard. We've suffered for it. And then we've proven that we could do it out of that. But we don't need to do any of that. So what would be an example of that? I don't know. I mean, I think that like in the context that we were talking about at that time, I think we were talking about work because I was going through this period where I was like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. You know, I had left Uber and I was like doing some consulting work, working with my husband, but I was still kind of like, okay, what what's my thing? Like, what am I going to do? And he's like, oh my God, you are so busy thinking, what am I supposed to do with my life? Why am I here? Well, should I be doing this? Well, I'm actually interested in X, Y, Z, but I need to be responsible. So I should do, I, I don't know about that, but it's like, that is not the way. The way is follow your joy, follow things that bring you joy. And if you do that and you're honest with yourself, you will live in perpetual joy and you will be on a path to be successful, you know, whatever your goals are. So I thought that that was was really an interesting way to put it. What do you think that you're not doing now that you could be doing for joy? Hmm, That's a good question. I don't know. I feel like just generally like not being so hard on myself. Yeah. I feel like, well, I know that I've really grown a lot in terms of having boundaries. You definitely have. Not doing things that I don't want to do. So then I don't do something I don't want to do and feel resentful. So I've definitely grown when it comes to that but I think I'm still sort of really critical of myself. So I would say that's like the next big (laughs) thing to work on. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say that my work with Shaman Durek, and I mean, I could go on and on for this, and I think I'm going to write a piece about it in more detail, was really, really life-changing. And yeah, he's been such a light in my life and I'm so grateful for him. The last healer that I'll mention that has really made an impact on me is Srimati who also goes by Julie Pyatt. She's also in LA. She sort of calls herself a mystic mother. And I did a session with her where we kind of just like caught up on like, where am I at in life? And she kind of helped me to understand. And also we did sort of like a ritual and prayer and and there was ritual around it. Helped me understand that the most important thing in all of our lives is to make sure we have a great relationship with ourselves and discover ourselves through our lives. And then for others to live with unconditional love for the people who are in our lives. And that, you know, we're all so connected. And, you know, she's like, you know, I look at every other human in this world, no matter who they are, if they agree with me, what their background is, with awe and wonder, because it's a miracle that they're here and in this world and alive at the same time as I am. And just that same idea of like not being so hard on ourselves. She also talked a lot about, you know, in relationships, whether it be with friends or romantic relationships, that there's this idea of divine love versus human love. And the idea... And the goal for us in life is to get to the point where we can love through divine love versus human love. And she talks about human love as being this contract where it's, if you behave the way I want you to behave, if you do the things that I want you to do, et cetera, et cetera, then I will love you. 
but if you do not do these things, I will retract my love from you. But divine love is unconditional. It's different. She compared it to the sun always shining. So it's hard, I mean, for people to really get there. And even my therapist, when I mentioned to her, she said, well, I don't believe in that only for children. I only believe in unconditional love for children. Well, I think that's the problem is we come into this world as authentic as we can. And then society and parents and teachers and all these people change that. So we did come into the world loving unconditionally and people love us unconditionally because we were, and we were just babies like doing nothing, but we were loved unconditionally. But then as you get older, it completely changes. And your parents, you know, hopefully will always love you unconditionally. But I think even as you grow as a child, you don't always feel that yeah. love from them because they can only give the love that they received from yeah. their parents and whatever. So yeah, that's so true. Well, you've had experience with non-traditional healers as well out here. You talked about Julie. Yeah. Well, Julie, the main thing with Julie, and we'll talk about this more in the actual episode, but the key takeaway there was that she got me to see myself in the ways that like how other people are mirrors for yourself. So I kept choosing emotionally unavailable. I know that this is a common thing that people do, but I didn't realize why am I chasing after these people that aren't that into it? Or like, why is this happening? And I always blamed it on the person. You know, they're a jerk. Like, what's going on? Why are they treating me like this? And until I started seeing her and realizing that it's just because I'm showing up in that way too. Yeah. So I can only attract what I'm giving to myself and what I'm able to give to another person. Right. And until I realized that, I was just in this constant pattern of choosing these people that weren't available. So that was the main thing that I took away from her. And then once I actually started doing the work on myself and digging into where that came from and how I can change it, and I really was diligent about it, I got rid of the relationship, moved on from that. And, you know, as I evolved, like there were different mirrors that kept coming and became aware of it. Like, okay, well, now that one is, you know, sort of resolved. There's still, you know, some things that come up, but now there's all these other triggers. And now that I'm aware of that, I actually, have sought out different types of healers. So another one that was really impactful to me is Natalia Benson. I love her. Oh, I heard her on a podcast and I was going through a really tough time at work at that time. And I was kind of, I just felt really stuck in my work situation, especially because I'm, I was living in Australia and there's visa things and I won't get into because it's boring, but I felt really stuck in my role. And it was, it was a pretty toxic environment at the time. And I heard her on on this podcast and she said something. She said, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Just keep going. And I don't know. I just started bawling my eyes out when I heard that. I don't know what it was, but she just like connected with me on that podcast. So I immediately sought her out, booked a coaching session with her, and she really changed me and the way that I thought about myself. We worked on language together and you know, how important it is to use your language as a power. Be really cognizant about what you're saying. Like, don't say like, 
yeah, I think maybe I'll do some meditation yeah. two to three times this week, but we'll or see I'll what try. happens. I'm trying. Yeah, yeah, I'll try. Or I'm working hard at it. Yeah. And another thing is I need, if you ever say I need that the universe doesn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> so just don't. And so, But like these are all things that I would say all the time. So I just became more aware of that. And she also taught me just like some rituals and morning things to do and really talked me into what is behind this work situation and why am I in it and what do I really want to do? And she's such an inspiration because she went off on her own and has a beautiful background. So it was just so wonderful to talk to her. But she is a huge inspiration to me. One thing I was just thinking about is like, how do you define what a healer is? Because we just talked about people who kind of run the gamut, but it's basically people who have helped us in non-conventional ways. I guess I would would maybe think about it as like, I'm just kind of thinking in my head, like, what do I think is the definition? It's like people or maybe practices that help us get back to our true selves. Yeah. Well, and I think it's also anyone who can hold a space for you in a non-judgmental way. Yes. I think that's a healer. So it could be a therapist. It can be a Reiki master. It could be an empowerment coach. Like it could be literally anyone who can just hold that space and not interject and say, this is what you should be doing with your life because no one knows that except for you. But they hold the space so you can look inside of yourself and say, okay, yeah, that's what I need to do. But it doesn't always have to happen in that moment with the healer, but they hold the space so you can get a little bit closer. Yeah. Because sometimes you might not be ready to face whatever it is that the universe or whoever is wanting you to face. Maybe you're not ready yet. Yeah. So the healer will hold that space. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think the the other thing that's important to keep in mind in working with a healer or, you know, just anyone who's helping you is to remember that you're in your own power. Mm -hmm. And you're partnering with these people, but they don't have the answers and it's not healthy to rely on them. And that's a lesson that I actually learned. All right. Well, shall we get some dinner? Yeah, let's get some dinner. All right. Get some sushi. All right. Get sushi. Uh, Well, do you want something else? Oh, we'll see. (laughs) All right. (laughs) We can also go out somewhere. You're only going to be here once. That's not true. All right. Well, not, you know what I mean. Okay. All right. right. (laughs) Bye everyone. (laughs) If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review or share it with a friend and hit subscribe. So you never miss a show.